I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The North Macedonia dream is over and England get a win despite Harry Maguire letting everyone down. Boo! Welcome to the Football <laughs> Ramble. It's Wednesday the 30th of March. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. Hello, you lovely lot. Thank you for listening to the Football Ramble this Wednesday. It's Jules, Luke and Jim here. Good to see you both, boys. Good to see you too. Looking radiant after your holiday. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You can always tell when someone just gets back from holiday because they Mm -hmm. walk into a room with a smile on their face. Yeah, Yeah. that slowly fades. Yeah, (laughs) It has been actually quite depressing coming back to this weather. I was away in Jamaica, in case everyone didn't know, (laughs) who hadn't been following my Instagram stories. I've been plastering the beach on there for the last week. And uh, everyone was telling me how nice the weather was back here in England. Yeah. So I didn't feel too bad about coming home. Back now, it's meant to snow tonight. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. It's gone. It, it wasn't happened? as nice here as it was in Jamaica. I don't need to have been in Jamaica to know that. <laughs> yeah. so I can tell from the lack of tan on both of you. And well, you that just got back anyway. from holiday. Yeah, yeah. I've done two weeks in the Caribbean and I've still, this is what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a tan where I am. Well, it's good to be back and to come back to some pretty decent football as well. Um, Last night, England 3, Ivory Coast nil, A routine win for our boys to sign off on this international break. Um, But really, there's there's been so many talking points from this match. So let's try and rattle through them all. uh, Because there were some really decent performances out on the pitch, despite it being a friendly. um, And also some funny moments from the match too. But the biggest kind of talking point today off the back of it are these boos for Harry Maguire, which... um, Look, I think there's there's so much we can say about this. I think the first thing to say is that seeing the way Gareth Southgate spoke about it afterwards and the way the players have all come out in support shows that there is such a togetherness from this squad, which is the, the real positive to take away from it. And Gareth Southgate, you know, he, he never shies away when he's approached about a question in his post-match mm, interviews. And, yeah. and when he was asked about it, I thought actually his response was really good. He called the fans who were booing a joke. And and it's worth pointing out, it was a minority. It wasn't, you know, the whole of Wembley Stadium last night. And there were quite a few people who said they hadn't noticed it. I think on the punditry last night on Sky, a couple of the pundits were saying they didn't actually hear it. Um, Stuart Pearce this morning on the radio said that he hadn't noticed it. But there were certainly audible boos at times when you can when you watch it back and you, you hear it. Um, so I, I actually thought that the response from Gareth Southgate and the rest of his England teammates that were interviewed was actually really positive. Yeah, it's a fine line with any England manager, isn't it? And I think Southgate has done such a good job of showing modern leadership that we forget how 
quickly that job can turn toxic, particularly if the press allow that to to be the case. So he's been a real sort of breath of fresh air like that in that we just forget about managers being turned into vegetables on the back, back pages <laughs> of of, um, of the tabloids and whatnot. And he's very good at sort of just damping these fires before they become something big. And togetherness is right. That's the, the word you used earlier. And I, I feel that this England is very, very different, isn't it? We know that Gareth Southgate loves Harry Maguire. We know that he values consistency. We know that, you know, in, in certain cases, if your club form isn't isn't great, he will still support you, despite also largely picking players on merit. And that consistency is so important. That consistency is what has been a big part of England doing so well under Southgate. And I think he's, he's been excellent there because Maguire must be, you know, in a pretty frustrated place right now. And pretty to have such place, public yeah. support from, mm. from one of his managers is, is going to be a great thing for him. And ultimately, what do we want? Do we want Harry Maguire to like just go, oh, you know what? I'm a fraud. I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire. No, we don't. We want Harry Maguire back in good form, don't <laughs> Imagine we? Imagine if he did do that. Yeah. Imagine if people think that doing booing him like that would make him do that. Yeah, right. And that's why they're doing Is it. Is that their end game? I don't know. Well, Southgate said, didn't he? Um, he said also said that um, Maguire didn't seem to care, but he said that I care, and yeah. that's why I care. And I think that's and and <clears throat> I agree with both of what you what both of you have said. And, and Southgate nails pretty much everything. He's been very good on. He's been very good generally in terms of results. Um, which means he's got a lot of credit in the bank, and I'll come on to that a bit more in a minute. But he's also nailed the ambassador side of the role as well. Um, and so I think, you know, that's that's obviously a great position to be in because if you are in a situation where you're not getting the results or whether you, you've, you've perhaps made a high-profile mistake on a certain take around a social issue of which they seem to be everywhere at the moment, you're probably not going to have as much credit in the bank, but he has. And so he's able to come out with quite punchy stuff and say, look, this is a joke. That's quite a strong thing to mm. say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think it's, I thought it was idiotic, the booing. I thought it's completely detrimental. You're making yourself look it ridiculous, I think. Because even when, I've probably been as critical of Harry Maguire as anyone on this show. Uh, but even I've had to say, you know, look, he's never let England down because he hasn't. And, and England are on a journey here. And as Southgate actually said as well, and arguably the most powerful thing he said was we're either in this together or we're not mm-hmm. to the fans, which is a really, I thought was a really clever thing to say because of course the progress England have made, semi-final the World Cup, final in the Euros, going into a World Cup where they'll be among the favourites. The journey is the journey and it's legitimate. It's, it's a journey where they're improving every time and I don't see what the fans who are doing that feel, feel like they were going to get out of it. Other, other than maybe it was some kind of just joke to because they were yeah. bored or I don't really understand it could it. be club rivalries as well you often well, get that at Wembley yeah. I thought that and, I, and you know what I can sadly I'm old enough to remember Alan Shearer getting booed wherever he went he, he Alan yeah. Shearer for some reason but that was in, in club games which then I think made him feel like the, a lot of the England fans those fans who then went on to support England weren't really kind of behind him and I don't know if that factored into the fact that he retired early from England international duty but he was he got very very weird treatment just for being so good, mm. but that's not the same as this. I don't think. No, I think I think the thing with booing of players, um, and particularly with this Harry Maguire story, is I I find that it that in football there will be a lot of those fans who booed last night, who booed Harry Maguire last night, who've probably not even watched him play for Manchester United this season. Mm. They oh, probably sure. they, they support sure. other clubs and they boo him because there seems to be I think in football. It's kind of ripple effect with opinion. And if there is an opinion that feels quite strong, that people find also amusing, as you say, Luke, it's kind of like done mm. for, I guess, like some kind of weird banter. Oh, it's yeah. funny. Let's all boo him. Woo, uh-huh. like lads, banter, whatever. That kind of thing. It, there then is this that, that kind of ripple effect where they think, oh, yeah, well, Harry Maguire's the target right now. Let's all boo him. Because yeah. really, when you think about it logically... What is booing going to do? You want England to win. You want us to be the best we can be. How is booing one of the players going to get the best out of them? It's the same in any kind of workplace. If you walk in and you're not in the in the best kind of form at your job, whatever that job might be, and you walk in and, you know, the people who, who work around you or the people that, you know, you work with are then criticising you. That's not going to make you any yeah. better. And, 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 and assuming that all the England fans that are there want England to do well... How is booing him going to help That's that? That's it, isn't it? That's stupid. Pantomime is the word yes, almost, isn't silly. it? But yeah, like, you're right. It's, you really want everyone pulling in the right direction. And it's so, so crucial, so important. I think as well, there is still, there's still a hangover from what happened at the final of the Euros. And I think Southgate 
is possibly wary of of kind of mending that relationship really with not I, I suppose England's reputation rather than rather than the re- relationship is, is is the correct word there because I don't know we just we want everyone to be on their best behaviour from now on right <laughs> but, but the thing is <clears throat> Maguire remember Maguire was sent off for England against Denmark in the mm. Nations League like 18 months ago or whatever it's kind of even a bit of a stretch to say oh yeah the fans are booing about that kind of thing or yeah, because he has let it down in the past and all the rest of it you know to me it's really interesting as well the way the players came out like Henderson came out, not just Henderson, yeah. Declan Rice came out as well. Declan Rice's statement was possibly even stronger than Henderson's. And I do think that although you, at one level, despite, I kind of broadly agree with what you guys are saying, but on one level, you can make the argument, I think, that if play, if fans are paying their money to go and watch a team, they can make their feelings known. I, to, I totally agree that it doesn't. it's not going to be constructive. And I, I think it's pointless and embarrassing and quite moronic to do it. But if you, if you it's are... It's also friendly. Well, quite. <laughs> like, quite. chill out. And it's just, and it's just, it's just completely pointless. But if you, for, for example, if you're a season ticket holder at a team that just lose, 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 and it's clear the players aren't playing, showing an application, or that you know the club's completely in a terrible state or whatever, you know, sometimes people want to have their voices heard and I understand that. There's, but there's no, I don't think there's that any direct comparison here. And, and I, and I think that you know, on the given the journey England have been on, given how good they've been, given how important they've been, um, for the kind of morale of the nation given all the other uncertainty that's been going on around us all the time during this period I think it's just kind of a little bit of a breaking of the the bond that's been built up Mm -hmm. and ultimately as well yeah, the the elephant in the room here and we shouldn't be afraid to say this I don't think if you look at behaviour among England fans or a certain not, not England fans generally a certain section of England fans it has been pretty bad generally speaking. I mean, look at what happened in the Euros, look at what's happened in other areas and other ways. People sometimes just use football as a vehicle for just stupid behaviour. Anal flares. Anal flares example. is one of them. Do you remember when the guy put the flare up his bum, Jules? <laughs> yes, I do. That laugh says to yeah. me, you do remember. <laughs> uh, do we know if the guy who put the flare up his bum was also one of the, quote, boo boys? I don't know. He said that he had a lovely day out when he um, when he created the anal flare revolution. I didn't know the um, game was happening. I, yeah, I have some, by, by that time, I imagine he probably the didn't. game was a bonus. Yeah, I, I we we can't know for sure. If, if you do know if he's a boo, boo boy, get in touch. Yeah. I do think I want to sort of go back to the the idea of you've you've paid your money so you can kind of behave how you like thing. I, th- I think it's, that's, that's not what I said. Inc- I know it's not what you yeah. said, but that is what people say, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I think it's an incredibly reductive idea. Like if I go to the cinema, technically I can have a shave and cut my toenails <laughs> if I want. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean don't. it doesn't mean I should. That's why you know, I don't go cinema, to be fair. Are... <laughs> Sorry, I don't like the hearing other people eat. Yeah. Mainly. Oh, really? Yeah. Would you like to have a shave in the dark? No, but I can, right? Looks like you I've, might have done. I've paid my money. Ah. <laughs> I've paid my money, though. Yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? I can do that if I want. Yeah, I could eat, I could, or I could eat really loud crisps. Exactly. Because I've paid my money. Exactly, you've paid your money. There's so no... that, means, that means, you know, etiquette doesn't apply and anymore. And other people who've also paid their money don't get a say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Don't, yeah. don't get to just enjoy the game. You've paid Look, to behave how you want. I th- That's I not hope, how it works. I hope it doesn't become a thing. I suspect that one of the pitfalls of, of kind of referencing it and making a, and a, amplifying it, if you like, could mean that it continues or that it, it throws more oxygen on the fire. I hope not. Um, ultimately, Gareth Southgate's earned the right, essentially, given England's international record, Gareth Southgate has earned the right to basically pick whoever he wants yeah, now. Absolutely. There's credit in the bank, and it doesn't, you know, it, I, I doubt this is going to affect him. If anything, this will probably make him more determined to pick Harry Maguire. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, England have done okay, so there's no, there's no downside to that. Yeah, final in the Euros, semi-finals of the last World Cup, absolutely flying in, in this qualification in, in the build-up to Qatar as well. And, and look... I think Gareth Southgate and Southgate Gareth yeah. Southgate Gareth Scapegoat <laughs> has shown before that despite your form for your club if you play well in the England setup that he picks and you're part of that squad and part of that team and that that family I think we can call it now because that's mm. what this this squad does feel like then you're going to get picked and as long as you keep playing well in an England shirt then then you want to go Southgate's men and um, what I did find quite amusing was that the England band tried their best to swing opinion of the boo boys in the crowd by uh, playing the Maguire song to the tune of La Bamba yeah good on them for once <laughs> that'll sort I've been it. very critical of them <laughs> that'll, that'll but, sort it wouldn't it yeah. Jim, do you think people would be happy with that <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like they were. <laughs> no. um, as far as the the match on the pitch, uh, boys, three um, 0 victory for England, and it was it it was kind of a bit of a it was a bit of a cruise, wasn't it? They it sort of was. sailed through it, and uh, that was uh, 
partly down to the sending off in the first half for uh, Serge Aurier. Mad Serge, back, back at it again. And what I did find funny was Jack Grealish in his post-match interview said, I was actually a bit annoyed that he got sent off. He was actually asking the referee not yeah. to send him off. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because you want a, you want a kind of more realistic test. It's interesting. And Southgate was really annoyed. Yeah. Southgate said he, would, he was annoyed that um, mm-hmm. it didn't keep 11 on the pitch because he, that's part of the reason they were doing it. Makes it more competitive, The second one was yeah. for dissent, right? Yeah. You can absolutely let that go in a friendly, surely. Does, does a referee deserve some of the... Because uh, I, I didn't really see much in the second one. What Did, did he say something about his, he, well, he his must have wife's done. alopecia? Well, we, we know... Like, what? <laughs> We must have known. We we all know what um, Serge is like. Yeah, you know Serge Serge Aurier's career. Nominative determinism in action. Yeah, yet again, isn't yeah. it? He will. The man will surge. Yeah. <laughs> if your nickname's Mad Serge, don't be surprised. Um, but he um, he he obviously had said something. I, I don't know if the referee could have shown more discretion. I don't know because I don't know what was said. I, I don't have access to the referee's report. No. I would bloody love to have access I'd to referee's love report. To know yeah, what he but said. none of them get none of us get them. So um, yeah, that kind of made the whole game a little bit more tricky to analyze or enjoy or whatever but ultimately England still had a job to do and they did it and there was some great positives to be taken from from the game particularly players like Bellingham I think you know, Declan Rice just grows and grows oh, as a him. player he's, yeah, he's oh. going to be and we're seeing more of the West Ham Declan Rice for England as well we he's kind of marauding forward a little more the thing is, I've never give I, it more freedom I can't think of a def- ultimately like ostensibly defensive minded player who's so positive mm. he, he, he's like he, he sees it as a big part of his job to turn everything every interception every Thing like that into a positive move. on the front foot, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So, I, I think I think he's going to be probably him and Kane are probably going to be the first names down when England play their first game against Qatar. Jude Bellingham was amazing again. I know that some people think that he's being protected a little bit unnecessarily. He should play a lot more. Uh, he's he's certainly forcing himself into that conversation, isn't he? But I think that the thing we have to remember about Southgate at tournaments is he he'll pick a different team in every game because it's very much horses for courses with him, isn't it? And I think Bellingham is putting himself into he's but, making himself an option in a lot of those teams essentially but Jim if you were going to work really hard to find a way to criti- criticise what Southgate and the coaching team have done at England it would be that they could be more positive mm-hmm. and they could be let the leash off a little bit more I think Jude Bellingham's outstanding every time Absolutely. I watch him I'm just mesmerised he's one of those footballers that you, you, sometimes when I watch watch games I like to pick out a player and just watch them whenever you can for sort of like 10, 15 minutes yeah, of the match yeah. and solely watch them when they're on screen. And he's just everything about him, his movement, Classy, every touch. Mm. And, and he plays with he plays with such maturity for someone who's 18 years old. It's, yeah. it's quite amazing. Um, he always impresses me. I also thought Sterling was was really good last night and, and I thought it was a really special night for him captaining the side too Definitely, and yeah. getting oh, on the score sheet. I thought he, and he spoke so well after the match as well about you know, the role he plays and how much he's matured into this England squad. He's such a leader now, isn't he, on the pitch as mm. well. And you could you can see the the responsibility he takes, actually, whenever he's on the ball. He's always, always trying to make stuff happen. It's very, very different with England than Man City, isn't it? Because at Man City, it's such a sort of well-oiled machine and, and they're, they're, they're all kind of, kind of almost think as one, don't they? But with England, Sterling really, really steps up and you can see he's a really positive um, figure for a lot of those players coming through and Southgate's given him that responsibility. He's absolutely thriving with it as well. And just briefly going back to Bellingham, the thing I love about him is his composure. Mm. Like, bit in the second half where he's he's falling over and still gets a cross in. It's, it's yeah. just, just brilliant. I find it mad that, that Bellingham is the age he is and also that Sterling is still only 27. I know. Yeah. Because like he's been around for ages. Yeah. Um, going back to the Aurier thing, um, on the football round WhatsApp group, when this happened, Jim, you said, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying your joke, Not but at all. It's, it's a lead up to something <laughs> that Jules said, which I want to use. Oh, 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 I, I God, think we want to hear go. about this. Yeah. I want to use Jules as the punchline, man. That's, if that <laughs> makes you feel any better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My joke will become a setup. This was, <laughs> Overall, the bit is stronger. This was WhatsApp <laughs> only, boy. <Yeah. laughs> so, Jim said on the WhatsApp group, which I thought was a, le- a lovely line, getting sent off in a friendly in the first half is like getting barred from a Weatherspoon, right? Mm. It's basically hard, hard to do. Very right? hard. Jules, straight away, bang, no delay. I've been barred from a Weatherspoon. <laughs> <laughs> Jules, over to you. Oh, no. I forgot this was going to come up. <laughs> You've got about 10 seconds to think but of a story that's not so, as bad as the actual story. I'll tell you the real story. So, so when I was, <laughs> when I was like 18, 19, we used to go out quite a lot in Brighton um, and 
Let's just say when I had a few drinks. Sorry, Brighton Weatherspoons. Yeah, Brighton which Weatherspoons. is like so Brighton's got an amazing bit of town planning in it, right? Which is where essentially all of the kind of stags and hens stuff is on the, the one street. street. The yeah. So you roll street. you roll out of the station. It's Breach Street, isn't it? The Breach Street. Yeah, you roll out <laughs> the station, all of those nightmare places are in one section, yeah. right? The Weatherspoons is there. They are used to some horrendous behavior. <laughs> Even by a Weatherspoon standard. I just want to put that context in there. <laughs> Jules, do you notice when Jim used the phrase nightmare places, uh, he looked at you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, West Street, which is the street you're talking about, Jim, one. you've got a Weatherspoons, a Yates's, a Walkabout, an Oceana. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they've all changed name now because I'm old, but um, back in my day, that's what they were all called. Yeah, and it all just called, sucks called. everyone in off the train. Yeah. Everyone else so can get on with it. Well, we were in there and I <laughs> i don't know why, but I used to do this thing when I was really pissed and I'd get pissed really quickly because yeah. especially back in those days, you'd get a drink for like a pound yeah. Yeah. and like I'd go out with a tenner and get absolutely off my nut. Yeah. <laughs> and basically I was, um, I had this thing where I just like to smash things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I'd just get to a point and I'd be like, you know that glass? I'm going to smash it. And I just pick it up and just Absolutely love it. And basically, I, I picked up a random glass and just threw it. And I just, not at anyone, just at the floor, smashed it. And I think they sort of looked at me and were like, was that a mistake? So they yeah. let me off. And then I decided it wasn't enough. So I picked up an ashtray. She's like a fucking Ray Winston for Smashed an ashtray. Absolutely How did you, what did you, did you no lob it? I just, Lobbed it, like smashed it on the table. And next thing you know, I just basically got a tap on the shoulder. I was like, get out. So right. I let, I got put in a taxi home <laughs> on West Street. Wow. Went home on my own. Um, my, the girls were all staying at my house because in these days we were younger and I, like, my parents lived abroad. So everyone used to always pile in at my house. My yeah. house was like the party house, but everyone else stayed out. They were like, they were like, piss off. You can go home. You smashed an ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> you can do one. So I went home on my own. And I gave my house key to one of the girls, but they were all pretty pissed as well. And they forgot that they had my house key and they sat outside my house until like 5am. They were knocking on the door, calling my phone. I wasn't answering. And the key was under the mat the entire... I, I'd left, no, I'd left the key with all of the girls the entire time and she forgot. Oh and uh, yes, yeah, so that night goes down in history with me and my friends. It's actually... It's just violence, Jim. Yeah, the answer is, is just violent. violence. Michael Owen's lucky he just nicked a burger off him. I know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could have been a lot worse. He dodged, he dodged an ashtray there. <laughs> You'd love oh, to see it. Me. Anyways, enough of my tales of being a terrible teenager. Um, let's go on to some of last night's other World Cup qualifiers. Portugal beat North Macedonia 2-0. Uh, the upset that wasn't meant to be. I, I mean, yeah. Portugal must have been absolutely delighted when North Macedonia scored that injury time goal against Italy. They probably thought, we're cruising to the World Cup now. Um, it was two goals for Bruno Fernandes. Um, Ronaldo's last cup, well, last World Cup, could it be, guys? What I think reckon? almost certainly. Yeah, you'd yeah. think so. I was Unless he's cloned himself. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't rule that out. Mm. I was disappointed. Did you hear that? He had a mad statement earlier this week. I, I, I completely forgot time? until just now. I'll try and look it up, but it was something along the lines of... Um, like he was asked about where, where he's going to play next season or something like that, and he was like, "I am my only one boss. I, if I choose to carry on playing, I will play wherever I want. If I don't, I won't. It's up to me." Oh, like it was really odd. I think Zlatan made a weird statement this week as well, similarly to that, didn't yeah. he? Saying something like, "It's not over." Or, it was or, like, know. "A what about his own career?" And about him, yeah, playing in the World Cup. Yeah, he said it's something like, "It's not a World Cup without Zlatan." He yeah, said that before, that isn't it. he? But yeah. he's like, no, he's not really. He's played what five World Cup games. Yeah. Like across his career, yeah. but on, on the Mas North Macedonia thing, I, I said such a shame. Yeah, I said Such last week shame. I'd love them to have knocked Portugal out as well. Not because I've got any particular beef with Portugal, but it would just be a great story. Be funny, though. Mm. No? It would be funny, um, <laughs> but they didn't offer much, did they? Not no. much really to, to, to offer. I think the reason for that may well be the manner in which they beat Italy, right? So yeah, if they yeah. if they had beaten Italy in a, in, a, in a really calm, kind of well constructed performance, where you know it was always going to happen, it was it was an upset nonetheless, but it was a great performance. It wasn't. It was a smash and grab yeah. job where the emotions were so high afterwards. There was all, I mean... They, you, they had to do that again. There was they? always going to be a bit of a Lord, after the Lord Mayor show feel about it, I think. And Portugal got so many good players that they were able to just take advantage of that, I, I think. And obviously, let, let's be let's be fair, Portugal are a better team. Yeah. You think oh, that it? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I said that in a weird way. I, I, I kind of mm. ended it on like an up note, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you were being Australian. I went, Portugal are a better team. 
Yeah, and didn't say anything. It's Aussie, that, yeah. isn't it? I've never Very done Aussie. that before. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> to be honest, I'm a bit, bit nervous after what you'd said about in Weatherspoons. Yeah. Well, you were going to chuck something out. There's, there's, there's yeah. nothing there's I can of, really smash in this room. So no, I'm sure you'll find I think something. you're fine. Um, also, happy days for Poland. They also won 2 0 last night. They beat Sweden. Lewandowski and Zielinski on the score sheet. Um, it was only Matty Cash's fourth cap. Yeah. Only it, his fourth cap. And he tweeted, We're going to the World Cup. What a night. Now, someone get me some vodka. Smash it all over the I'm really pleased with Matty Cash. Obviously, he changed his allegiances from England to Poland earlier Mm. this year. So he's very new to this Poland setup. But Mm. I mean, it's such an exciting time for these, like, you know, it's his first ever World Cup. I'd love to know. I mean, as someone who's been through a situation with visas and all that kind of stuff with my wife and how long it can take and how bureaucratic it is, I'd love to know how quickly Poland sorted out Matty Cash's uh, passport (laughs) just on the YouTube compilation video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get him in. That'll do. Get him in as soon as possible because he's been great from what I see. I find it interesting. That, um, that Zlatan said that stuff mm. because ultimately you've got a player up the other end of the pitch with the same profile and the same position <laughs> doing really what Zlatan should be doing and Lewandowski's just doing it consistently over and over again I know mm. Lewandowski's a bit weird as well but he is like someone said someone said on Twitter <laughs> why are they all weird I know, well, the they, they have to be don't they yeah, to be that focused be, yeah. to be that almost but superhuman so, someone said on Twitter that Lewandowski along the lines of Lewandowski is the player that Zlatan thinks he is which I don't think is actually true I think they're obviously different players yeah. and, and, and Zlatan's capable of things that Lewandowski probably that does a disservice to like the quality of a younger Zlatan as well it does but I do think the, the quality and consistency of what Lewandowski's achieved is kind of still a little bit underrated yeah mm. um, and I know they're disappointed in, uh, in the last tournament but but Hopefully they can they can really make something of this one because I think Lewandowski's talent and application, more importantly, has really does warrant them having a bit of a bit of a run in 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 in, uh, in Qatar. But I, I don't know if they will. But I'm mm. I'm pleased they went through the second goal, which killed Sweden, was just a massive mistake anyway, and that was it. That would have been so difficult for them because it came with that 20 minutes to go. They were still in the game up until that point, yeah. and that's the kind of mistake and goal that just sucks all the momentum out of you. Mm. And it was very difficult for them after. It's that. a great finish though. It was a great, yeah. brilliant finish, yeah. Also, the Canada team are going to be playing in the World Cup. Uh, they knew how to celebrate. They went to Harbour 60. Anyone been to a Harbour 60 before in America no, no. or Canada? Uh, it's basically a high-end downtown Toronto steakhouse <laughs> uh, where when they walked in, the customers gave them all a standing ovation and the most famous Canadian, Drake, was among them. Is he the most famous Canadian? Michael Bublé, more famous. Bublé. Bieber. Oh, Bieber. Yeah, it's Canadian. Bieber or Drake in it, probably. Neil Young. Neil Canadian. Young. Yeah. I'll tell you later. Well, I th- yeah. I'd say Buble. Buble. Buble's not. Buble's not more famous than Bieber, is he? Boob. Every single depends on the time mother, of year. Christmas. Every yeah. single mother and woman of an age, which is a lot, will yeah. know Michael Buble and not necessarily what, know Drake. What is the age? Like I'd say thirty and above. Buble. Well, how come you don't love Buble? Then? I do love Michael Buble. Did I say I didn't? Okay, fair enough. Michael Buble. Yeah. So, but I mean, absolute bangers. I, but I don't Bang, think bangers. He does. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Got to take issue with that. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think he has. I don't think people. When Drake turns up to that, uh, to that dinner, I don't think people are going. Oh, I wish it was Buble. The draw for the World Cup is on Friday. I think it's around five o'clock English time. Um, the seeds for it, just so you know. So basically, who England can't be in a group with are the hosts, Qatar. Brazil, Belgium, France, Argentina, Spain, and Portugal, and of course England are one of those seeded teams as well. Um, exciting times, isn't it? I feel it like is. I feel like I'm I'm actually getting pretty excited for this. So now. am I, yeah, because I mean it's an, it's this year, mm. and I keep forgetting that because the timing of everything is, is so has been shunted so much. And I think I think once when, once the um, teams go into the calendar, that's when you can start yeah, getting yeah, properly yeah. excited because you can look at when you, who you're playing and when and what your possible path is and all the rest of it. Exciting times. Right. Um, when we return, we're going to have a little short break. That was very, very formal. When we yeah. return, yeah. <laughs> when we come back after this break, uh, we're going to talk a bit about the African qualifiers for the World Cup because there was some real drama. So stick around. Plus, we've got pep talks on the way as well. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Not the kind of doctor who'd be able to help much if you're having like a heart attack. But if you're wondering about quantum physics or the theory of matter, he's your man. Well, probably. Every week we're asking a new puzzling question from the world of science and discovering the answer with the help of a world-leading expert. Like, will we ever talk to animals? They are definitely talking. You know, that's, again, a word that I would qualify because we usually mean that vocally. But in their own ways, they're talking to us every single day. Our face transplants, the future of cosmetic surgery. Given that range of what's considered attractive, there's probably no point wanting to change your face to be more attractive if you follow science. And should we fear an alien invasion? If an imperialistic drive brings... Uh, other civilizations to us, then obviously it's not good news. But if it's scientific exploration, it may be good news. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about the weird, magnificent world around us, then this is the show for you. Eureka. Subscribe now and find us on Twitter at EurekaPod. New episodes every Wednesday. Eureka is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It is Wednesday and that means you know what time it is. It's time for this. We are so, so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. We are so happy. I'm so happy. Really. We're so happy. Sit down. Nobody talk. Sit down. Breathe. Drink water and relax. <laughs> it's maniacal every time yeah. I hear it. It's unreal. Drink, the great payoff. Drink water and relax. The great yeah. payoff. <laughs> relax. <laughs> Um, Right, we always ask you on a Wednesday to send in any dilemmas, any problems you might have in your life, something that you need help with. And we are here to advise you as best as we can. And Joff needs some advice. He says, for years now, I've been struggling with what to do at halftime when watching football. He says, for me, it's a pointless 15 minutes. Punditry doesn't mean anything because no matter what they say, the game isn't over yet. And whatever they say won't matter by full time. So for the last few years, I've been trying to find ways to fill that time. So far, I've tried muting the TV and listening to one side of an album, going to the shop for a drink. But then I always end up missing the start of the second half. And he says, my uncle does this thing that's madman behavior. He waits for the match to start, then pauses it when the first half kicks off and waits in silence for 15 minutes so he can watch the first half delayed. And then when the whistle blows for half time, he goes back to the live feed to watch the second half. He says, that's a little too unhinged for me, though. Can you help me find ways to fill these 15 minutes of nothing? Luke, what you got for him? So I don't mind the uncle tactic. No, I hate it. I hate it. The problem is... Because you're not seeing it live. Yeah, but the, well, I was going to say, the problem is, particularly if you're on like a WhatsApp group and people's talking about it, it's a big yeah. game, then it's, it's not really a, a, a goer for us. For also, us. I have this weird thing where I'm like, if it's, I need to know it's happening now. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm yeah. only like that with sport. I'm not like that with TV oh, yeah, shows, same. just with sport. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't actually agree with the punditry point because I think, yeah, I, I for example, if, if I'm watching a Man United game and I know Roy Keane's in the studio and David <laughs> Ahea makes a mistake, there's no way I'm skipping that because it's going to be amazing. I'm sick to death of this goalkeeper. I love that. I love all that. And I lo- so it depends on who the pundits are. Um, I had a friend once who used to get so annoyed with advertising in TV shows 
that during the ad breaks, he would try and put like a, a DVD on. What? Like to watch like three minutes of a, of a movie or something. That's really annoying. That's super By the time he got it in, yeah. it would be pointless. Yeah. So some people are properly phobic of it. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. For me, it's, it's about getting a, getting, a, getting a re-up of the cup of tea or the beer, yeah. getting a snack maybe. Basically what the players do, but in a much more unhealthy way. So <laughs> rehydrate and get some food in. That's what I would generally yeah. I do. I mean, if you, are, if you hate this 15 minutes so much, you could use it to do some personal admin. Just do 15 minutes of your tax return every match. Oh, no. And then you get it no, done, right? It's out the way. Yeah, but then when it comes around to everyone going, oh, God, I've got to do my tax return, you'll be like... <laughs> Follow your own advice, mate. I know exactly what you're like with tax returns. <laughs> he hates doing them, don't you? Yeah, hey, well, no one enjoys it, do Well, exactly, they? right? Do you not? Do you... No, but I get it out of the way early. Yeah. Just but move see, well, it out there of the you way. go. And oh, you feel you've, you've got a healthy people. glow around January when everyone's like, oh, God. I don't earn no, any, that's Puerto Rico. I don't earn any money, so it's easy, it's quick. Give it all to Jules. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I don't really, I feel, I'd like to know what channel Joff watches mm. and where Joff is from. Yeah. Maybe the punditry is particularly bad. Because oh, I, I think some, like you say, Luke, some of the half times are thoroughly entertaining. Is this, is this possibly a dog whistle to say that you're shit on BT Sport? <laughs> what you're worried about? Yeah, that might yeah. Be I am, I'm slightly offended <laughs> because I am part of half time. <laughs> and I'm a bit like, come on, yeah. Joff. Yeah. Get your BT Sports subscription. Yeah. Some of us aren't that bad, um, but yeah, I don't know what else could he do. I would, I would suggest. So food, we will, food, we will bill you for that. By the way, <laughs> for every Jules breach, there is a Robbie Savage and a Chris Sutton, though. So you got. Be... Oh, leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> They're my friends. Yeah, I only, I'll do my proper opinions on those two when you're not on the show. Yeah, I know you do. I know. Uh, right, if you've got any dilemmas, hopefully that helped you out, Joff. It probably didn't at all. Um, then send them in to us. Uh, show at footballramble.com or tweet at footballramble. Yeah. Or we could re-up the question on our social media as well and people can answer if they've got a better answer than us, which I'm sure they may yeah, well not? have. Yeah. Suggest some things for Joff, will you? What yeah. can he do in 15 minutes at half-time? <laughs> Keep him clean. Carry on. <laughs> uh, right, last night, um, probably one of the, the kind of biggest matches in the African World Cup qualifiers was the repeat of the African Cup of Nations final between Senegal and Egypt. The second leg, it was 1-0 to Senegal, so therefore one all across the two legs. So it went to another penalty shootout, exactly the same as the Cup of Nations final. And it was Senegal that went through. So Senegal are going to be playing in Qatar. Egypt won't be, so we're not going to see Mo Salah at the World Cup, which I personally think is a real shame because I think he's uh, up there and probably top three best players in the world right now. And I just think it's a shame not to have all of the best players in the world at the World Cup. Um, but his penalty has caused a lot of controversy. Remember at the Cup of Nations, he took the last penalty. Um, obviously, last night he took the first for Egypt and he missed it. But there were lasers that were shining all over his face and everyone's yeah. talking about how unfair this is. But from what I'm hearing, and I didn't really know this, apparently culturally in Africa, this is quite common. It happened in the first game a lot, I think, as well. I'm, I'm, I didn't see that, but I've read around it and, and have heard that this also happened in, in, in mm. the first leg of this tie. Um, it must have put him off. If you, you see the footage of it, to. it is crazy, isn't it? Ab- he, utterly ridiculous. It looks like an... Like a movie, like there's something yeah, yeah. on his face. In a 90s nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like. Absolutely. <laughs> crazy. It, it was so... The, 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 it, you could almost hear the music. Yeah, it was so much it was like a J Lo video from the time. Yeah. Or something. Oh, you know it's exactly like waiting for tonight. J Lo, what yeah. what a what a video is that? She looks hot in that. All right, Jim. I didn't expect you to drop hey. a J Lo reference. Norm- normally, Vish that does the J Lo references, <laughs> yeah, it isn't is, it? Yeah, I'm the one who's been to Puerto Rico recently. <laughs> what a video that is! Yeah. By well, the you way. should have been she hotter looked... on the J Lo reference. I should have. She you? looks banging in that video. Yeah. But there are green lasers all over that video, yeah. and that was exactly but what it was there, like. There were, there were green light lasers on the players when they were lining up before the game started. It was absolutely epidemic levels. Yeah. So look, I don't know. I don't know if Salah's come out and said that there was an issue with it, um, or then that's part of the reason. It's easy for us to judge that maybe you know he should have um, blocked it out of his mind and, and done, done his job. But I mean, it's not as easy as that, is I it? I mean, there were quite a few missed penalties in the shootout, weren't there? The so first were, four it, were all it, missed. Yeah. That's yeah. mad. So I think I'm pleased for Senegal. It's, I think it's only the third time they've qualified for the World Cup. Um, I remember their first one was 2002 because they beat France, didn't they? Mm. With the holders at the time and then they qualified last time as well. So um, yeah, look, I, I'm sad that the best, the very best players aren't there, but there are loads and loads of genuinely brilliant world-class players over the years who've never been to a World yeah. Cup, and because that's just how it goes, right? Also, mm. unfortunately, Egypt, you know, they are just quite dull to oh, watch. They're so even boring. with Salah, <laughs> they're really good so point. so boring in in the the Afcon, and and they would be the same. They yeah. would be absolutely the same. 
perhaps even more dramatic, though, uh, the, the finish that came in Cameroon's 2-1 victory over Algeria to progress on away goals. The Cameroonians were actually 1-0 up and the game then went to extra time. Algeria scored in the 118th minute, but then Cameroon took the lead in the 124th minute to take the lead again. Um, the Algeria manager was on his knees with his head in his hands, seemingly crying. I mean, it was just, just drama at its finest in football. Yeah, That's what it's all about. Absolutely. It, it was so, so dramatic. Again, um, Algeria had a really, really bad AFCON. They'll be, and they went in as the heavy favourites, mm. really. They, they hadn't lost the game in a long, long time. And they'll be absolutely gutted. Because they, you know, they look pretty strong as well. In the, in the, in the um, second half of it, of, of added time, it really, really looked like it was going to be Algeria that went through rather than Cameroon. But no, it wasn't to be. Yeah. And then in another very entertaining um, match, which was, I mean, it, this this match between Nigeria and Ghana was hyped up so much. I was actually working at the Premier League yesterday, and I, I, one of the shows I do there is a show called Fan Zone. And there was a so you get fans from all over the world that call mm. in and, and talk about their Premier League teams. And there actually was um, a, a fan from Ghana who came on, and he was wearing the Ghana kit ready mm -hmm. for the match, and he was just saying how big this match was. Yeah. And all I'm thinking about now is what his celebrations must have been like because. To beat Ghana and go through and qualify for this World Cup is huge for Ghana. Nigeria have qualified for six of the last seven World Cups since 94, but they lo they lost this game um, despite them taking the afternoon off. That's how big this match was for, for Nigeria. The, mm, that's the country, the country right? country yeah. took the afternoon off mm. to you know, watch this match and, and be ready for it. But it's Ghana that go through and I couldn't be more delighted for Chrissy Hewton, of oh, course. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so happy. But I mean, Nigeria Nigeria had lovely fella, obviously. Nicest guy. Yeah. And I used to actually work with his daughter who's also very nice. She is lovely. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, anyway, that's a side point. Uh, that's, not, <laughs> that's not the takeaway from this. Um, Nigeria had chances to win it. There was a chance they, I mean, they had to score and they didn't. I mean, they've really only got themselves to blame. Of course, the scenes afterwards were hugely dramatic as well. And I hope everyone's yeah. okay there because that seemed very, very full on from what I could see. Mm. From two selfish points of view, Nigeria feel like a real staple of a World Cup for me. They will be a yeah, big miss in terms will. of just like the, the, the kind of the, just the familiarity of, of so much of it, the colour of it as well, because their fans are just absolutely incredible every time. They always have the, an incredibly strong kit game. All of those little things that come together to make the World Cup so special. Nigeria like play a big part in that. Um, and the second selfish thing is that Thomas Partey scored from distance <laughs> for Ghana. He tries that in every game and he's <laughs> wasted it for his national team. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. So well, annoying. Well, they're going to be there. Maybe he'll score some more at the World Cup. But Christian Eriksen last night had another very special evening. I'm just, I'm loving everything about his return to, yeah. to being on the pitch. And, and last night was particularly special because not only did he play in this match and start in it for Denmark, they beat Serbia 3-0. And not only did he score again, which he did at the weekend, but he also captained Denmark at the exact stadium on that same pitch where he suffered cardiac arrest last summer. I mean, what what a moment. What, yeah. an, what an amazing person and player and how incredible it must have been for everyone in that stadium. Yeah, it's what everyone was kind of hoping for when the incident happened. You know, you, 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 you just want to think, oh God, I hope this isn't, as terrible as it looks, because it looks you, you were fearing the worst, right? I remember yeah. watching the game and, and it just one of those horrible kind it of like bad. heart and it mouth. It was the worst probably yeah. the worst thing I'd personally seen while watching football live, yeah. I would say. Like you you weren't even realistically thinking, Oh God, I hope he plays again. No. Like you're thinking, no. God, I just hope he's okay. And then yeah. further down the line the line you're like, Oh God, I hope he makes full recovery. And it's spectacular. It's absolutely spectacular for him to have made such a such a full recovery and to essentially be so quickly getting back to the levels he was at. It's, it's unreal. I think, I think what a guy. I don't think it's ever it can never have happened. It can't ever no. have happened before. Him scoring a goal as captain for this nation on the same pitch that, that incident happened is an incredibly incredibly positive story and the kind of story we need more of because obviously you know, there's a lot of difficult stories around in the world at the moment. So it was an incredible moment for us to enjoy. And the fan, the, the, even the release of like emotion from the fans in the stadium, that even just came across on the TV as well. Yeah. So like, it must have been incredible to be there. It was an absolutely remarkable night for, for everyone that was in that stadium. And I think um, what I find quite interesting now about his return, because as, as you pointed out, Jim, you know, for all of us football fans, we were just hoping that he would survive and pull through that moment. Then we've had the story develop from there and we've seen him come back onto a football pitch. And now it almost feels like, wow, what next from Christian Eriksen? Like, what kind of level can he mm. now get himself to? And Kasper Hulman, the Danish manager, actually said that he feels like 
Christian Eriksen is now playing with this different type of freedom, which mm. we can obviously only imagine what yeah. that must feel like when you know you've been that close to not being here anymore, that you have this new lease of life, this new freedom where you can go out onto the pitch and just express yourself and just yeah. be thankful and so grateful that you're there to still experience it. And and I think it's it's really exciting to see that from such a talented player because he he is quite amazing. We'll, we'll, we'll be seeing more of him in the World Cup as well. Yes, so. we will. Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. um, will we be seeing Scotland at the World Cup though? We've still got to wait and see because of course they've got to wait and play their World Cup qualifier against Ukraine. That's going to be played in June. They they actually drew last night 2-2 um, with Austria. They threw away a two-goal lead um, last night. Um, but in terms of waiting for, for their match, for their qualifiers, they've still got to play Ukraine and then they've got to play Wales in the final if they, if they beat Ukraine. And on Monday, Andy Robertson was talking about the kind of fixture congestion that Scotland are going to have this summer. And it does sound kind of crazy. The, the Premier League season ends towards the back end of May, around the 22nd of May. And the provisional plan is for Scotland to play that World Cup playoff semi-final against Ukraine at the start of June, followed by the final against Wales a few days after that. And then they've got four Nations League matches as well. So there could be around six games in the space of 15 days in an off season. I mean, yeah, it's not an off crazy. season, is it? An ideal situation for them will be playing six because if they play six, it's because they've won the they've game. Won, yeah, yeah. Of course. Who they also play in the Nations League again at um, in Glasgow in that I think. same month. Yeah. So, yeah. so look, I think in this in uh, in this seemingly endless battle for control of football between FIFA, UEFA, and the um, you know, to a lesser extent the um, the kind of national associations, the players are the ones that are missing out here. Like. I mean, this is this is an issue that's been talked about for a long time. Jurgen Klopp's been in the vanguard this time. Mm. This is crazy what we're asking these players to do because there's limitations on squad size and stuff like that. And of course, mm. in the Euros, there was a larger squad, wasn't there, mm-hmm. for, the, for, the, for the tournament because of the COVID thing. I don't know if they'll do that again in the World Cup and, or whether that will even help them in this situation because <clears throat> presumably it won't. And what it does actually is it presents teams, I think, with a bigger and un, actually more unfair challenge. Now, what I mean by that is if you're a smaller nation and you're being asked to play these games, you, you could be punching way above your weight because you've got a great selection of players. Maybe you've got eight to ten really, really good players because mm-hmm. you're a small nation. And they come along in the same generation and you're doing really well and you're making loads of amazing memories for your fans. If the fixture list dictates that you have to use more and more players through no fault of your own, you're at a disadvantage mm. against a team like England, for example, who've got like probably 50 really good players yeah. in this current moment because they're far more populous. So... I think there, I think there is a genuine kind of fairness angle to this as well, but I also think it's just completely unreasonable for these players. You're going to see more injuries. You're going to see what you'll see if this kind of thing is is used is done across across Europe or whatever. You're just seeing a lot of players going to miss out on the World Cup because there'll be injuries and there'll be players who can't yeah. be there, and that can't be a good thing. And the, the quality of the football will struggle as well. You're going to have a lot of players towards the you know what's known as the red zone, right? Yeah. Because they they're going straight into a league season as well, and there's yeah. barely any sort of pause before the World Cup, and then they go straight back into the league season again. What what I would say is that in this particular instance, it's a slightly different situation. Now, you obviously your main sympathies need to be with the people of Ukraine. Yes, you need. Of and you have to understand why that's happened. Yeah, without a doubt. But it's not a surprise to me that there's been no negotiation between the two organisations trying to alleviate this for a yeah. team like Scotland and a team like Ukraine because they're going to be asked to do an awful lot and no one no one really wins here. It's those Nations League games that, that seems to be the issue here because as you say, we understand the situation with having to postpone the World Cup qualifier and obviously with the World Cup being moved forward into the, the winter because of where it's based, that's, that's understandable. That needs to be played. I think that as you've pointed out, the everything has 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 had to be shifted because of this World Cup. So the 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 league that the the uh, the championship and League One and League Two actually start at the end of July. That's when the season begins this mm. year. So you think about pre-season training. That doesn't mean they go back to work the week before. They'll be no. back in pre-season training two three weeks before that. And then you look at the Premier League. It starts the first weekend of August. The players are probably going to have to be back in a couple weeks before that. So we're talking end of July kind of time. If they're playing all their, these World Cup qualifiers and these Nations League games into the end of June, when do they get time off? And, and we're not just talking about physically, but mentally. Yeah. Having that time to just switch off because a football season is it's relentless. And well, once you start, there's no breaks. You have, these, you have the international breaks, but 
the players that play internationals don't get those breaks. So when do yeah. these players get any kind of break? You'll see what's going to happen. You'll see what happened with Harry Kane and one or two others at the start of this season. They'll just come back late. Yeah. Mm. Because there's no other option, basically. So, yeah, yeah. it's not ideal. Okay, well, there we go. That is all from us today um, here on the Football Ramble. Thank you for listening, part of the Acast Creator Network. On tomorrow's show, Luke, you're back. I am. Back with Marcus and Andy tomorrow. You are, indeed. So um, that'll be me just trying to poke Andy, (laughs) trying to wind him up. Nice one. Jim, good to see you as always. You too. I was nicer to you today, wasn't you I? You were, yeah. You didn't time. call me a wanker for literally no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm happier since my holiday. Let's yeah. put it down to that. See how no, long that lasts. No smashing things. Yeah, I yeah, know. Back to the cold. I'll probably smash the place up tomorrow. Um, right, see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.